0: Can you imagine the level of a mind that watches wrestling?
1: The audience wants to see action, adventure, wrestling, and plenty of it. Big men in tights, you know the drill.
0: Rammer Slammer. Hey, Slammers, this is Ben Flanagan. Thanks for joining us again. We've got a really fun episode today. Really fun because we're going to talk our Royal Rumble slash Wrestlemania card predictions with the professor, Dr. Will Nevin, our good friend. And we've also got a quick and really fun interview with current WWE champ, AJ Styles. It was a a really terrific opportunity I I had on very short notice, and I I got to speak with him on the phone for part of 10 minutes, and I think you're really going to enjoy the talk. It's breezy, but I think substantive, so... Check that out. I think you'll enjoy it. And before we get to it, Nevin and I are going to open our conversation with a little bit about a recent house show that we both attended in Birmingham at Legacy Arena. And it involved the SmackDown roster, which obviously includes AJ Styles and John Cena and and Dolph Ziggler and The Miz and Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin and the Wyatt family and and Becky Lynch and I'm just listing the SmackDown roster here as I'm talking but anyway it's full of a lot of really great talent and they put on a really fun show and we'll go into more detail about it here in a, in a minute but one thing I want to point out I actually got to sit really close super close on the front row and it was the first time I'd ever sat on the front row for a wrestling event a WWE event specifically so it was a really super unique perspective uh, one that I, I hope I'll be able to do again someday. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, there were some really great moments and really fine details that I noticed this time that I, clearly you don't see from you know rows further back or even on television. So that, that brought a lot to it, but I could have been sit, sitting anywhere in the house and it would have been a really fun show. But anyway, one thing I noticed that you know I I think is worth noting, and it's probably not telling anybody anything new, is right after the main event, which was a triple threat between John Cena, AJ Styles, and Baron Corbin. John Cena ended up sort of—he didn't win the match, but he sort of won the day. He dispatched AJ Styles, and his music played, and everybody was happy, especially all the kids that were in the house. And what was really cool is he goes out of the ring and, and high fives a bunch of fans, and he comes up to a pair of kids right next to me like directly next to me and their dad and he, he signs autographs and he stops and talks to them and he tells them, here, I'm going to give you my wristbands. Are y'all good? That's great. Hope to see you next time. And it was just a really cool moment. It was like seeing an action figure come to life. I think as our friend Ben Stark has put it, or it really, it's like a real life superhero in the eyes of these kids. And And everybody knows that John Cena is active with make a wish events and and meetups and meet and greets and and obviously is a great public performer for WWE. But what I thought was really cool is even though, you know, it was, it was quote unquote, a a public show. Anybody could pay to buy a ticket and, and come watch. It wasn't televised and he didn't necessarily have to do that. And while he's probably done it a thousand times and, or tens of thousands of times, it's just really cool to see John Cena, somebody of his stature, still make time for kids. That's what it's all about. These kids look up to him as a hero. And regardless of what reality may be, he went down there and, and made some time for them and, and set a good example. And so that's just a really great, pure, fun pro wrestling moment in, in one of the better sides of the business that that I think we might take for granted in terms of how we watch it and how cynical we've kind of become of pro wrestling at times. So anyway, it was a blast of a show and the professor Will Nevin and I are going to talk a little bit more about it now. Enjoy. This has been again and
2: I'm joined now by our good friend, the professor, Dr. Will Nevin. How's it going, man?
3: Not too bad. How's it going, Slammers?
2: Awesome. So we had a good time the other night because in Birmingham, Alabama, where you and I each traveled to downtown there in Legacy Arena, a.k.a. the BJCC, we caught a WWE house show, and we saw the SmackDown roster put on what I thought was a really fun show. In, in Birmingham, and in, in the main event was John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin in a triple threat for the WWE Championship, if that's what it's still called, and we saw an Intercontinental title match between Dean Ambrose and, and The Miz. We saw a women's title match between Alexa Bliss and Becky Lynch and a handful of uh, other really fun matches, in my opinion, just a good, solid night out watching wrestling, and I think house shows give us as fans an opportunity to sort of appreciate pro wrestling, and and even specifically what WWE has to offer on on a slightly deeper level than what we get, obviously, with the televised product. But, Will, I just want to open it up with this. Do you prefer house shows to what you see on TV? As somebody who live tweets the televised product from the Rammer Slammer account, you take in plenty of the televised stuff that we get, but we rarely get to see these house shows. And and fresh off our most recent venture out to see one of these things, how do they compare? You know, that's a
3: very good question Uh, as to what I prefer more. My first WWE house show was in this barn of an arena down in Montgomery. Um, I think they basically use it for WWE, the occasional country music concert, and rodeos. Like the, The facilities were just totally not what I was used to in terms of going to the BJCC, Uh, for a SmackDown or a Raw. And the house show format is pretty refreshing. Uh, You know, you just have some guys. They come to the ring. They ring the bell. They have a match. That's it. You're not going to get a whole lot of mic work. The mic work you are going to get is going to be for a reason. Uh, I remember at that Montgomery show, uh, Stardust just cut a hilarious promo about how the Royal Rumble was coming to Montgomery and it was you know it was the heel start start Stardust character and it was just a hoot to watch and that's what something that really stood out at the show the Miz my goodness what what heat he was able to generate um, on the mic now for those of you who weren't at the show he basically did this bit where he teased talking for like it seemed like five minutes and he would allow in essence the audience to boo him. And the booze just got louder and louder and louder, and it was a bit, and it was a bit that probably wouldn't play on TV uh, because it's not for the television audience. It's for that house show audience, but it was a lot of fun, and he was he was really good at it because it's a bit he's done, you know, at house shows across the country. But there are no commercials, there are no long-winded time-filling promos. It was just a show that got in and got out. Started seven thirty and I think we were done at ten o'clock. And when you're used to sitting through a three hour raw or sitting through, you know, sometimes a four hour pay per view, those house shows can be refreshing.
2: As a fan, just if I want to attend one of those or watch one of those live, I want to watch the house show because it's all about the action. And while I like promo work, I think that the the less you get and the more valuable you make it, for the fans, especially in-house, I think that that enhances the, the, the value of what those guys are saying. Like you said, if they're going to say something, it's for a reason. In the Honestly, on a night full of action where it was just no-nonsense, match after match after match, the highlight of the night for me was that Ms. promo or non-promo. I was laughing my head off during the whole thing because it just kept going and going. And like you said, the boom just increased and, and the Miz is just I it's it's hard to argue that he's kind of the best at it right now. Either the best on the mic or the best villain in WWE. He he just knows how to work the crowd and, and vice versa and they play it in the palm of his hands and, and the guy is just fantastic. And it obviously translates on T V and he had a great year last year, but he, he seems to be peaking right now as a performer for WWE, and I I hope he continues to do so, and I hope his future remains as bright as it seems like it could be. And Maurice obviously, has has been great for him, and and she performed well that night, too. So, huge highlight for me. But I'm with you just in that, yeah, you have the luxury of there not being real commercial breaks. I mean, there are very small breaks. There's an intermission halfway through, and that felt fine to me. It felt like a night at the theater, you know? It felt like two and a half hours of just... Raw Entertainment for lack of a better term but I was pleased that we got this roster because the show Smackdown is I think you will probably agree is is right now at least superior to Raw and the emphasis on the action and on the wrestling and these old school storylines has made for better pure pro wrestling television and, and entertainment and so the fact that we got to see sort of like the purest version of that with a house show where these guys just put on great matches all night long that that for me was just such a great experience and and will it was my first house show since i was much younger i I think since i was maybe like 10 years old or maybe 12 years old when i saw ecw and balwell auditorium and and what's really funny that that was one of the greatest nights of my life and and you mentioned the the less they talk the, the better it is because what they say will mean something. The only promo I can remember from the ECW show, and there were no cameras that I can recall, obviously, it was not televised, was this this faction, this group called FBI, Full-Blooded Italians. One of the guys grabs the mic and tells the, the Alabama crowd, he's glad. he says, I'm glad Bear Bryant's dead because it would make him sick to see people like you in a place like this, and it just got the place absolutely riled up, so... Yeah, I, 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 exactly. I love, I love the sort of I don't know this, the atmosphere of a house show just seems a little more electric than than a televised event. Because there, I think there's
3: less of the mental gymnastics you have to go through, and and this also gets to the point where or why SmackDown is more enjoyable than Raw right now. Because you look at the top three guys on Raw: Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho and even to some extent Seth Rollins. Their characters are so screwed up right now in the ways that they are portrayed in television and the way that the audience has connected with them. When's the last time you really had a reason to boo Kevin Owens or Chris Jericho?
2: Yeah, like you said, it's, it's backwards because you've got the, the quote-unquote good guys who are like the jocks beating up the quote-unquote bad guys who are more like the nerds that fans can more identify with, so... Yeah, it's pretty bad backwards right now.
3: And, you know, Owens and Jericho are entertaining. They don't, you know, they have that interference gag and, you know, they'll do that. But, you know, WWE doesn't really scorn interference. You know, oh, anything it takes to win. Um, So they don't get heat from that. They don't act, you know, really like villains. And Reigns is just, I mean, we could do an entire show on Reigns, but it's not working. We'll We'll just leave it at that. But on SmackDown, you got The Miz, who is not it's, – it's weird that he's not trying for laughs, but you can still be entertained by the act because you recognize, okay, he is working hard to get me to boo him. And it's really fun to boo him. I will boo him and be entertained by his act. Uh, and even in the main event, you had Styles winning on a low blow. His character is a little more kind of shades of gray, a little more what we call a tweener. Um, especially when you have those interactions with Baron Corbin, who I, I think is another great, straightforward, surly, mean, nasty heel. Um, but the characters just top to bottom are better. The show is better, and the house show is great.
2: Yeah, and I, I like what you said about A.J. and Baron Corbin, who I think is kind of awesome, You know, and, and, and that's kind of unexpected because he made his, his – Transition to WWE. He won that Battle Royal, and people were relatively lukewarm on him. But they have been so consistent with him as a villain, and just keep driving and driving him as this just dickhead who who hates everybody and will stop at nothing until he wins the championship, no matter who's in his way. And and you know, I, I think that's just really solid writing. The fact that they are are disciplined enough to not pivot and and. Take this guy who was relatively unlikable and use that to their advantage, and he is one of the more compelling characters in WWE right now to me. But I thought his and AJ's interplay at the house show was fantastic. I thought AJ walking around the ring while Corbin had his way with Cena and AJ shouting, sort of barking orders and complaints at him. It was just really, good. again, it's like just really fun interactive theater. And, and it just shows you how talented those guys are, and how lucky WWE is to have a guy like Styles, who who wasn't featured honestly physically that much in the match, but he was always lurking, and and when he when he finally landed his blows, they really counted. So really really fun stuff, a great main event, and and just a good show all around. And and so I I totally agree with you. I hope they they come back to Birmingham or, or wherever in Alabama, and we get another opportunity to catch a house show. Absolutely. So this this brings us to the Royal Rumble, which is coming up in a week. You know, I think for hardcore for wrestling fans, the Royal Rumble is arguably, maybe maybe outside of WrestleMania, arguably their favorite pay-per-view just in terms of the format of the 30-man match. It's a blast. You know, I've gone back on WWE Network for the past week or so and watched as many Rumbles as I can, and quite frankly, they're all really fun. They, the results aren't always desirable, but the match itself, it's just hard not to, not to love it. And, and just, it, it's great to see sort of what happens, the order in which they come out, the order in which they're eliminated, the ways that in which they're eliminated, who lasts the longest. There's a lot, there, there's a weird controlled chaos to it that is just always makes for a blast. And, and before we get into sort of how we think this rumble might go down, Will, are you as big a fan of the rumble as I am?
3: I am, I do like the Rumble because it paves, you know, it paves the road for WrestleMania and it gets you thinking, okay, what is the biggest show of the year going to look like? What's the top of that card going to look like? And the match itself is just kind of fun. You know, I think a lot can happen in the match. You can have a surprise entrance, uh and I think uh it's really a lot of fun to watch um until the crowd turns on the winner at the end,
2: <laughs> which which definitely happened a couple of years ago. And then we got that just triple H thing that happened last year. And I know that meant Roman Reigns didn't win. And so that by definition made everybody happy. I, I just, you know, I, did, I couldn't, I couldn't couldn't believe that it was happening as it was happening, but I want to talk a little bit about what we think might go down and how that sets up. And like you said, paves the way to WrestleMania and sort of how they're going to create these narratives. I have a handful of theories their predictions that i think are going to happen and i'm not trying to fantasy book here because this isn't necessarily what i want to happen just based on watching wwe for the past few years pretty closely now i just can kind of sense the trajectory of what we might be getting starting next sunday so bear with me here i'm going to start at the top because like you said well and, and we well,
3: haven't we haven't
2: talked about any of these this will be a to- your surprises will be a surprise to me yes and i don't think you're going to be very surprised with a lot of this. And and like you said, while it paves the way for WrestleMania and, and sets up that big main event picture, WWE I don't know that I can say that it shot itself in the foot yet because I haven't seen it play out. But with the brand split and with the whole Goldberg versus Lesnar thing and the Undertaker entering, I don't really know what to expect in terms of the main events, the, the main event, the title matches that we might get, which belt matters more if 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 a winner is part of one brand, it means something for the other, and I I don't really know how that's all going to shake out, and it's, it's muddy waters, certainly. But the first prediction here, Will, is I think the thing that they've set up is Roman Reigns is going to beat Kevin Owens clean and win the universal title at the Royal Rumble in that title match, and I think that is going to affect Two other storylines, or at least shape a couple of other storylines and, and put them into motion. One of those being Owens won't have the title, and his and Jericho's relationship will will come to a stop. They will split, and they will feud on their way to WrestleMania, whether it's ever the U.S. title, I, I guess since it's there, even though that won't matter in terms of their quote-unquote best friendship. And the other thing that I think will happen and sort of the bigger picture here, now that, now that Roman Reigns has won the Universal title, I think Braun Strowman will win the Royal Rumble and I think Reigns versus Braun Strowman is what we're going to get as a championship match at WrestleMania. What do you think?
3: Oh, if the podcast listeners could see the face that I just made. <laughs> um, I I don't disagree with any of what you just said. I, I view that as... As a dark timeline. I know a lot of people are excited about Strowman. I'm not unexcited about him, but the idea that that's our that's our marquee matchup, uh, I feel like we could do so much better. But you're right in that the title matches at the Rumble are going to set up the Rumble. It feels like between Reigns, Owens, and Cena Styles, one of them has got to be a rematch at WrestleMania, right?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about a rematch that would be happening four months away from that match on Sunday, and I just don't think I, we've seen Owens and Reigns a few times now at pay-per-views. That I guess we're just reaching, in, in, including Sunday, where we're reaching a point now where it's probably time to move on. And we've had the slow burn of Jericho and Owens' friendship peaking. Now it's time; it's just that time for it to split in four months from. Sunday, it seems like you know that that might be a good time for it to all pay off to an extent. But I just think it's about time for the belt to change hands. Even though I love Owens, I think he's a capable champion. I think most people, even hardcore fans, would agree that it hasn't been the best run for him. And, and no, they, he could be—they're they're not reaching his full potential. And so maybe maybe a, a feud with Jericho gets the best out maybe it gets the best out of them. Even though I think we've gotten the best out of Jericho for the past. Near year at this point, but look, I think I, I I'm kind of in the on the side of the fence that Braun Strowman has been really good. Again, kind of in the same band as Corbin, where they they've stuck to their guns and they've created a very specific character uh, with a very specific goal in mind. And and even though he's sort of like the the Vince McMahon uh, fantasy prototype, I think that can work. And I think Braun has done well and I think he's developed in the ring, and I think he's done fine on the mic, but he just comes across as a monster. And and I think the mistake might be building the monster as much as you have and putting as much work as as you have into that and just just so that Roman Reigns can be the guy just to knock him down at WrestleMania. And and whether or not that's going to happen remains to be seen, but I do think that's the match we're going to get.
3: Yeah, that does seem to be setting up for another Oh, Roman Reigns is victorious. Roman Reigns is the champion, you know, and confetti and fireworks and an audience just booing. But you, you are right. I do have in sort of my my penciled out WrestleMania. I do have Strowman and Reigns as an option, but I don't know that that factors into a title program for me. So something so what happens to, to happen. That, what,
2: what happens to that universal title then? So do you think Owens beats Reigns? Do you think he retains?
3: That that is what I don't know, but um, certainly I have a question mark where you have kind of figured out that scenario, and, and I'm, I completely agree that yours is plausible. There's not a better way to build up a monster than having him win the Rumble, uh, and that's certainly kind of Vince McMahon's uh, you know mo. So now that I think about it, you know maybe Strowman is could very well be the odds-on favorite. I, if I'm looking at WrestleMania. Uh, matches if i'm looking at possible rumble rumble winners i come down to taker i i think he's going to be set up for a big match at wrestlemania and certainly like he doesn't need a title opportunity but and this this is where you have options say if reigns and cena both win championships then we have an entire storyline that can play out okay Who does The Undertaker want? Does he want Cena? Does he want Reigns? And that's the kind of storyline I think WWE would go for. Looking at other possible winners, I mean, I think Strowman is probably next likely after that. Goldberg and Lesnar certainly aren't winning that. So their inclusion in this is just going to further their feud. And currently we have 18 official entrants. Taker, Goldberg, Lesnar, Miz, Ambrose, Rollins, Ziggler, Biggie, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, Jericho, Corbin, Cesaro, and Sheamus. And I, I know I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to make my my official surprise entrance prediction. I think Joe. I think this is where Joe makes his main roster debut.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think he definitely will. I and, and I think that he's kind of a dark horse to win it too. And, and, and that would be unprecedented for, for somebody who's new to come in and, and do that and have such an immediate big moment. So chances are it, it won't happen, but I think it's on the table. At least and it raises a lot of interesting questions, especially Undertaker entering the match, because my previous prediction here, because of all of the, the rumors that we were finally going to get Undertaker versus Cena at WrestleMania, I, I previously thought that he would... Interrupt the Cena versus Styles match to set up Undertaker versus Cena at WrestleMania, and that would let AJ Styles walk away with the title. And then you'd have to have somebody emerge as AJ Styles' next challenger. And I, I don't really know who that is. There's nobody obvious, especially since Cena would be tied up with Undertaker if that were to happen. Ambrose has the Intercontinental Championship, and he can feud with with just about anybody, including The Miz. I don't think it's going to be The Miz. So that leaves. The Wyatt's breaking up, which they've obviously been teasing in in giving maybe either Bray or Orton a shot. But I don't know if the Wyatt's breaking up is is teasing like an Orton versus Bray thing again or an Orton versus Harper thing or a triple threat or what. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen there. But I guess the big question mark is if A.J. retains at the Rumble, where does that leave him and Cena and if if Cena's out of the picture and doing something else, then who is AJ's challenger?
3: Well, uh, if you read the dirt sheets, or if you read the online dirt sheets, uh, the current rumor is Shane McMahon. Oh, and I, God. I I know. I think they hinted at this on SmackDown this week, where he's already taking, you know, umbrage at the idea of defending the championship at the Elimination Chamber. So... Maybe there's some kind of ruling. Maybe Shane McMahon is not not necessarily interferes at the Rumble match, but you you get some kind of uh, some kind of confrontation, some kind of drama where it becomes Styles McMahon. Shane McMahon has worn out his welcome to me personally as a wrestler. Um, I just prefer to watch the uh, Shane mcmahon Kurt Angle match from King of the Ring 2000, just kind of on repeat when I want to see Shane McMahon wrestle. Welcome home, Kurt, by the way. I want to (laughs) throw that out there. Uh, It's true. It's true. Um, But if we're going to get a Shane McMahon match, if he is penciled on that card in some way, I think Styles could have a lot of fun with him. Just beating him around the ring, participating in whatever crazy stunt bump he's going to do. And then, uh, you know, pinning him clean and going going on through this summer with some kind of lingering issue with him, uh, a, a lot uh, of the same way that you might have an issue between the Miz and Daniel Bryan, but that one's never going to get physical. This one, you know, you can always have something simmering in the background, and that might be a fun dynamic to play with on SmackDown. Um, but I think that's. If Styles drops the title, or if he drops, or if he retains at the Rumble only to lose at the Elimination Chamber, I think McMahon is where you go to for the WrestleMania match. I'm not saying that that's my preference. Hell, uh, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, you know the 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 WWE universe hasn't seen that match. I haven't seen that match. These guys are as close to their physical primes as they're going to get. So why not do that? But you know. They don't ask me to book the show.
2: If we get an AJ Shane feud that sets up a pay per view between those guys, that's disappointing to me. And, and with respect to Shane, you know, he's a great character and performer. He's not a good wrestler. He's not good in the ring. And especially Ain't that you know, the having truth. having watched Survivor Series and WrestleMania last year, I mean, he's in incredible shape and he he has a ton of energy and enthusiasm. But I want to see AJ Styles in the ring with another great wrestler. You know, and and that look, I, I think that he and Shane could do something fun, and, you know, AJ brings out the best in literally everybody he gets in a ring with, as we saw last year, so, so sure, they could make something happen, but, God, I just think, like, what if Undertaker wins, and what if that sets up AJ versus Undertaker at WrestleMania? That would be incredible, so I don't necessarily know that that's going to, ha- think that that's going to happen, but. Yeah, again, you know, a lot of question marks h- heading into the pay-per-view, and certainly something's going to happen in the Rumble match to set up Undertaker's WrestleMania match, whatever that may be. It's got to be a big one, though. You know, you never know when Undertaker's going to have his last match in, in the one that everybody keeps hinting at. And one thing is, is obviously Undertaker versus Cena, and, and that's the one that seems to make the most sense just in terms of it being a headliner. I mean, that could essentially be the WrestleMania main event you know and if they want to go big or go home that that's certainly an element that they have that's something they have in their pocket along with lesnar versus goldberg and i know that's going to frustrate the hell out of some fans because you've got four essential heat part timers who will be headlining wrestlemania in matches that have nothing to do with either belt if that's how it plays out either championship belt so you're you're devaluing those belts even more so than they already have with the brand split this past year. So it's complicated, but we know that the belts aren't necessarily the most important things in in the eyes of the McMahon's, especially as you know if if they can get as many eyes on the show with Goldberg and Lesnar and Undertaker and, and Cena. Who it's, maybe it's unfair to call him a part timer, but I mean let's be honest, that's kind of what he's been uh, the past year. Then, then that's what they'll damn well do. So that, that leaves Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and all of these other super talented full-timers who hold the, the top belts, that leaves them in the dust. And if if that has to be the way it is in the eyes of the McMahons, then, then so be it. But I think another uh, interesting storyline that has yet to be – that has yet to really play out here, Will, is – This Rollins-Triple-H thing, and we're going to get Rollins versus Triple-H at WrestleMania, surely. That's what they've been setting up for so long at this point, even though Triple-H has been basically absent on the televised shows. And and maybe that's good if they want to set up a big surprise at the Royal Rumble or another pay-per-view, or perhaps even a, a looming Raw, but... You know, we've talked in the in the recent past about how Rollins' potential has, has yet to be realized, especially as a good guy, and it hasn't been the best run so far, and, and maybe that changes once this program really sort of hits its stride, but do you expect anything to develop between those two at the Royal Rumble?
3: Well, you know, we have 11 spots if we are, you know, counting Joe, um, i I think at this point it would be more of a surprise to me if he's not in the Rumble uh, because I haven't kept close watch in NXT, but I know uh, he's not in that uh, title picture anymore, and I I don't think that they're doing anything with him at the moment. So it seems like now's the time for Joe. I mean, that would give you 11 spots, and some of those are going to be letdowns by necessity. I mean, like you're going to have – Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, his gimmick now is like he's the brand and he's feuding with New Day. Oh, Titus. Yeah, 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 Titus O'Neil. Um, you're going to I know he just lost a match for, you know, a spot, but I don't know. That would be the those would be some of the the kind of entrants you you're, you're going to get. But yeah, I mean, you could see Triple H in there. He just goes after Rollins on a b-line. Uh, that issue, though, is so cold and dead that I left it off on my list. But, yeah, we're getting it at WrestleMania, but it's just cold and dead. And I wish we had had that long-term story played out where Seth Rollins didn't get injured. And, you know, what kind of WrestleMania would we have now? How might he be better as a character? Would that turn have been you know, a slow burn instead of, oh, crap, Finn Balor's out. Uh, I guess we'll turn Rollins, you know? But, yeah, I've, we're going to get it one way or another. Whether they set it up at the Rumble or not, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, you, you're you're good uh, to uh, uh, sort of uh, point that out, that, that that is a match that we're going to get.
2: Well, and, you know, before we wind down here, we'll – in in predict who we think will win the Royal Rumble? Is there any more theories or predictions you want to toss out there?
3: Let's see. I know we're getting Joe. Maybe maybe another NXT person. Um, I wouldn't take bets on that. Um, returning alums, I think we're we're about out of at this point. Um, I know somebody. Um, I was talking with online about uh, yeah, Kurt Angle in the Royal Rumble. Wouldn't that be something? But I'd be very surprised if we see him at all this year before uh, Hall of Fame weekend. I don't know uh, in terms of surprises. Maybe we get a few more entrants uh,
2: in this last
3: week of run-up to uh, to the big show. But um, I don't know. I'm just going to look forward to it.
2: Yeah, for sure. And, and I love the surprise entrance. Uh, you know, AJ Styles last year was amazing and they've had some fun sort of throwbacks veterans that have shown up to, to give some good moments. You know, if there, if, if the Kenny Omega thing is possible and I'm, I'm you know definitely not versed in new Japan pro wrestling and our good friend Ben Stark is a much bigger fan of that. And so I sort of get my NJPW news from him, but I would definitely watch that Okada, Omega match recently, and and you know the fact that Omega, Omega tweets, you know whether it's according to their storyline or not that he's taking a break, and then you get all these Cena Instagrams teasing Omega and people freaking out thinking he could be a royal intruder. That would be incredible, and that would make for a really fun moment. I'm not expecting it, or at least I'm not banking on it. But yeah, I just look forward to a really good Rumble match. And if I've got to pick a winner here, I, I'm going to stick to my. Boring, but, you know, good enough prediction that Braun Strowman is going to end up winning it. And, and we'll see if, if that pans out because it makes a little too much sense to me. And the fact that Undertaker's in it, the fact that Lesnar and Goldberg are in it, we'll see whose ego prevails, if it's theirs or if it's Vince McMahon's <laughs> in terms of, of pushing a younger guy and creating this, continuing to create this Braun Strowman monster. I don't know, and, and I'm sure uh, either way we're, we're not going to be satisfied.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sounds like you would be dissatisfied with a taker win, and
3: I would be perfectly happy with one. Am I, am I reading that correctly?
2: I, you know, I've it would be fine, I guess, if it set up again in one of those big Rumble, one of those big WrestleMania matches. But you know, I mean, like I, I think more often than not, I'm kind of in favor of moving forward in terms of, of pushing your full-timers as much as you can. And I think that the Rumble is a great opportunity for, you know, the next, for, like, the seriously next big guy to have an opportunity, to have a big moment, to to basically raise him up to the level where you're saying, this is who we believe is a man of venture right now. And even if that's somebody who has, you know, pre-existing legitimacy in WWE in somebody that they're just reinforcing as one of our current headliners, and that's fine because I mean if you go back to even the early nineties, you had Hulk Hogan winning Rumble after Rumble. Or in the late nineties, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin winning rumble after rumble, Cena obviously in the next decade. So it's a pretty pretty familiar formula that we're we're talking about, but I, I don't think that we necessarily have that in WWE right now where you have that next guy or that current guy who has insane star appeal, management appeal, that they can count on year after year. And so I think that's why they might lean on the past a little bit and why somebody like The Undertaker or somebody like even Goldberg or Brock Lesnar or whoever we're very familiar with, that's why they'll probably win because they want to boost WrestleMania with as much star power as they can year after year, and that's probably the easiest way to do it. Agreed.
3: And then um,
2: five years from
3: now, when you can't count on Taker or Goldberg or maybe even Lesnar, uh, and and maybe at that point, maybe even Cena, what are you going to do? But hey, that's a problem for another day, isn't that right? Well, at that point, the Titus O'Neil
2: brand will be in full effect, and he'll be running WWE. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly, it's it's the slow burn you were talking about, man. So can't, wait and, on Titus; it's going to happen. And I will be astounded that I could ever forget his
3: name for a podcast.
2: Friend of the show, Titus O'Neill.
3: We should say. Uh, so I'm we'll, so sorry, Titus.
2: <laughs> if if you're good, I'm good. Uh,
3: I'm good too. Um, although I will say, as far as my my penciled in WrestleMania, I'm a hundred percent sure we'll get Goldberg, Lesnar. Hundred percent sure we'll get Show and Shack in a match that's five years too late and um I guess probably 100% sure on Triple H and Rollins everything else, who knows
2: kind of up in the air oh another dark horse to win the Rumble Corbin could win the Rumble just keep an eye on that because I think they believe in him and I think he is weirdly earning it right now so we shall see awesome, the professor, Dr. Will Nevins. thanks so much always a pleasure Ben, you're on the line with uh, WWE <laughs> world champion, AJ Styles. Ben, what's up? Just so you know, Ben,
1: just WWE champion. Don't let him fool you in world anymore. <laughs> awesome, even, though, even though we know what the real championship is.
2: AJ, I want to start early with you real quick. I know after starting in, I believe, Cornelia, Georgia, back in 1999, oh, wow. it, it, it took you about 17 years to arrive at WWE. <laughs> what, what, what can you tell me about your experience with specifically Alabama through wrestling or otherwise?
1: Uh, dude, well, you know, Alabama's just as crazy as pretty much any other part of the country. and I just love to see good wrestling good entertainment, uh, to be honest with you, and uh, uh, I always like going to Alabama, mostly, you know, not because not only because it's got crazy fans there, but, heck, that's close to home to me.
2: Well, and as a Southerner, what's something that you feel like you might
1: appreciate about performing in front of Southern crowds that others on the roster might not? I think first and foremost is that I don't have to worry about my accent. People can totally understand what I'm saying from Alabama. But, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just what I'm used to. I mean, this is the Southern part of the, the country. It's where, I you know, I cut my teeth. So it's just one of those things where, it's like I said, it's just kind of like being home. And uh, I get to do anything and everything that AJ Styles has been doing for you know the past 18 years. Well, and I know that you're a man of faith
2: and family. How has your faith impacted your career, and how did you lean on it during that 17-year journey to where you are now?
1: Well, I mean, I would love to tell you that it's been absolutely perfect that I've been a, a, just a – Uh, You know, uh, uh, a man that has been super Christian, but you know, I've had mistakes. uh, You know, I've I've done things that I've regretted and said things I've regretted. So, it's not a perfect life, you know, but it's one that that just helped me make better decisions. So, and I think that's part of being about you know what my faith is all about. Being a Christian is that I know I'm not perfect, and therefore I'm going to screw up. But thank God, you know, he he will forgive me for these foolish things that I've done. You know, and and I've leaned on, uh, uh, you know my faith a lot, Uh, especially in the past couple of years where, you know, leaving TNA and not knowing where to go next and just prayed about it, and that led me to the Ring of Honor, that led me to New Japan, that ultimately led to, to me, one of the best places I've ever worked in WWE. Well, and was there
2: ever a moment where you thought that you didn't necessarily need it because of the success that you found outside of there, or was it always about keeping the faith and continuing to press on towards that goal to make
1: the WWE? Um, I mean, it was it was one of those things. I just realized that, well, you know, it just wasn't in the cards or AJ Styles that he never would see WWE, and I was okay with that. I'd come to grips that, you know, it's it's one of those things that just isn't meant to be, and and uh, and that's not a bad thing. You know, I, I've, I've been pretty successful everywhere I've been, and I, and I enjoyed everywhere I've been. So uh, it was just icing on the cake, you know, when the the opportunity presented itself, and to come to such an amazing roster and an amazing company as the WWE is. Well, we're coming up on a, a full calendar
2: year since your debut in WWE. Have you had some time now or have you done it throughout the entire year to sort of reflect on your first year with WWE? How do you look back on it right now?
1: Um, it's one of those things like, oh, wow. Um, I hope I'm able to continue, you know, kick and tail. That's uh, honestly, and nothing's going to change. I'm going to go out there and, and do what I do and, uh, and keep working hard. Uh, it's just it, it's hard to look back and reflect. There it, it may there may be glimpses of oh wow I can't believe that happened. All right back back to work. You know um, just uh, today someone tweeted me about this time last year the WWE said something on their website about Nakamura, Carl uh, Anderson, uh, Luke Gallows, and AJ Styles may be coming to the WWE. And uh, I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. That was a year ago today. So I thought that was really neat. Do you have a favorite match from 2016? Um, I, I have a lot of great matches uh, in 2016. I mean, there, there are some that just I was real proud of, you know, and and, and with Roman Reigns and, and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, WrestleMania was also a big one too. But I think uh, I want to say I, I just felt like that, my matches with Rowan Reigns set the tone of how AJ Styles was going to be uh, presented in 2016, like this guy who gets after it and has great sma- great matches with just about anyone on the roster. Well, and shortly before the brand extension on Chris Jericho's podcast, Seth
2: Rollins, he said that uh, once he returned from his injury, he was most looking forward to working with you. But, but that obviously can't happen, at least in the traditional televised sense. How has how the split – changed your ideas or your expectations of, of how and with whom you hope to work with in the company?
1: Well, the great thing about it is that there's so many options, you know, for me, because I've, I've never I didn't have the opportunity, I've only been here a year, and I've only uh, worked a certain amount of guys. So there's still the, you know, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, and there's all those guys that I'm going to have the opportunity to get into the ring with. and And Seth Rollins is on that list as well. That's going to happen, there's no doubt. At some point this year, hopefully, you know, there, there will be another draft, and so hopefully he stays somewhere, or I stay somewhere, or we both go somewhere. Wherever, it, whatever it happens, we at some point we're going to meet up before him and I both retire. We're going to, we're going to see each other in the ring. There's no doubt about it. Well, I've got
2: uh, a few more quick ones for you here, AJ. Sure. How, how do you and the creative staff adjust, if at all, when your popularity as a bad guy gets you over with fans uh, more as a good guy in terms
1: of how they receive you? <laughs> well, uh, sometimes I feel like if I'm not getting you know people to boo me, then I'm not doing my job right. So I need to – that's on me. I need to be better about being the bad guy. And sometimes they uh, they just refuse. These fans just refuse to accept me as the bad guy. And I think that you know has a lot to do with how much time that I've spent outside of the WWE and, and coming here and doing so well that they respect that, I guess you could say. But that's up to me to make sure that these fans find a way to boo me. And I think that when you're in the ring with guys of the likes of John Cena, where people love to boo him, but when you cut a promo the way that he did this past Tuesday night, you gotta love that. You gotta love the passion that John Cena presents, and that ultimately makes me the bad guy when someone of uh, of that much passion comes at you like that. It, it was a really great moment uh, as a you know the the bad guy good guy thing kind of presented itself. I think a lot of fans
2: would be interested to know: Do you have a personal WWE Mount Rushmore? Who are the top four most important wrestlers in WWE history for you?
1: Uh well, I mean. If we're talking about guys who set the tone, I mean, we get, we got to go back, way back in. But if we're talking about guys who made it possible for guys like A.J. Styles to be presented as not, you know, uh, I guess, uh, light. Uh, you know, I'm not the heaviest guy in the ring. You know, I'm not the smallest, but I'm not the heaviest. You know, but Shawn Michaels kind of opened that door uh, along with Daniel Bryan. And I'm not saying these are the top guys. I'm just saying that there's a lot of guys that made a difference in the career of AJ Styles. And to pick four, I think, is impossible. Uh, so many different guys that come in, whether it be the type of gear that they wear or the style that they wrestle, they've changed what we know as entertainment for the better. And that's opened the doors for all kinds of different talent that has come in here and that ultimately get to make a living doing what they love. Awesome. AJ Styles, thanks for the time. Congratulations
2: on an insane 2016. We wish you the best of luck at Royal Rumble and the rest of this year.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Rammer Slammer is produced and edited by Ben Flanagan for the Alabama Media Group and AL.com. Find us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Rammer Slammer. Thanks for listening.